Live from Red Bull Studios, New York. I'm in love with my life. Hey, this is Mary H.K. Choi, and you're listening to Hey, Cool Job. My next guest is Nick Ketchdubs, founder of Fool's Gold Records, DJ, writer, producer, artist, editor, and doer of basically all of the things. He also happens to be hysterically funny, good for morale, and excellent at the internet. He has a very cool job, but he's also a very cool human. I'm in love with my life. Thank you for that intro. It made me feel fuzzy. <laughs> so you are a co-founder of Fool's Gold, the very cool New York label. And that's something I've been curious about for a really long time, as long as I've known you. Why the name? Pyrite. Why? Why did we call it Fool's Gold? Yeah. Well, the process behind uh, naming it, and it sucks that like the actual evidence for this is lost to like old email failures so it's like you can't pull the receipts for it right right right. but we had been going back and forth a track and i as far as the name and nothing was really sticking i can remember one of his bad names was pretty penny (laughs) one of one of one of my bad names was knockington whoa like just just hideous heinous names and with fool's gold the thing that we both liked about it was that it was a little bit sort of winking mm. you know like it it was it wasn't taking itself too seriously like it it had these connotations uh, you know with the gold of like yes success <laughs> and then with the fools it's like no ha 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 fuck Psych. You. yeah totally and and i think that that kind of um dichotomy is very much like the spirit of the label like i i like to say that all of our best stuff has a wink to it you know and uh especially in music like any sort of like comic element you know is is delicate you know what i mean like you don't don't want to be like like jokey you know like it can very easily go veer off into like lonely island territory but a lonely island are awesome and b you know even just regular music like all of the greats are funny right or at least like very self-aware and sort of are definitely in on it yeah were you dismayed or enchanted when the year later fool's gold the movie with matthew mcconaughey and kate hudson came out also fool's gold the sort of like whatever like mid-size font festival band (gasps) oh sure yeah zeitgeisting so like there was all and and everybody's like oh you guys must be really big stone roses fans i'm like i'm an okay stone roses (laughs) fan like they they have those two songs i like and then you know the the comeback single was fine you know i was 14 or whatever like i heard of it yeah totally but i'm not like a stone roses stan you know what i mean although that's a very specific life to be to pick the stone roses to stand yeah and when they did the reunion uh show at msg right it was cool because like you know I'm not like a spring chicken, but the guys going to that shows were definitely not spring chickens. And so it's funny to kind of see like, you know, well, the ghost of Christmas future like, in the Stone Roses t-shirt. Just sort of like, ah, shit. Well, also if it's MSG, that's literally every Stone Roses stand like yeah. showing the fuck up. Yeah. I like that. Um, so how do you describe Fool's Gold to people? Uh, you know, it's a couple different businesses all together mm. under, under the umbrella sure. you have you have the music side of things you know which is a label like an active sort of robust 
independent record label and all that entails. It's not just sort of, you know, vanity projects and, and, and a handful of releases. Right, like right. We're putting stuff out every week. It's relentless. Yeah. Um, then you have the event side of things with the, you know, Fool's Gold Day Off, which is essentially like our own little festival, um, you know, and other sort of events that we do throughout the year. And then you have the clothing brand, right. which we just relaunched, um, you know, before the holidays, and we're gearing up to reopen a new uh, retail store. Right, because you guys moved, you opened up on Metropolitan in 2011, and now you're moving to a new undisclosed location in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's, it's still going to be in Williamsburg. It's going to be cool. <laughs> like, we're, we're building it out, and so much stuff is the is the spin that you put on it. Oh, of course. You know? Hi. <laughs> and, 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 and so, you know, you don't need to sort of spell out everything you're going to do. I'd rather it be done and finished than awesome, and then we just, you know, flip a switch and, and you start talking about it, as opposed to like, yeah, and we're doing this, we're doing right, that. Right, my plans are this in the long term, yeah. Um, how do your parents describe what you do to other people? Oh, Lord, who knows? <laughs> I, 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 I'm lucky that, they, that they're just, they're down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, both my parents are educators, like they're school teachers. And so you're an outlier. Yeah, fully, fully. <laughs> and even when I was a when I was a kid, and I wanted to do, you know, anything in the arts. Like my first sort of like dream job as a child was I was going to make comic books. Mm. I loved comics. Loved everything about it. Loved making them, drawing them. I would make like you know movies with figures and and stuff like that. So I I felt for sure that that was going to be what I was going to do. And their attitude in a sort of, you know, safe parental kind of way was like, oh yeah, yeah, you could, you could do that. You could be an art teacher. You could teach people how to make comic books. (laughs) Nurture to nurture. That's that's not, that's not how it works. You're like, I want to be a star, star, star. (laughs) You know what? As much as that's, that's an element of my personality, it was never the Sure. Element of my person. I feel like in all my creative pursuits, like I'm not broken enough right, to right, sort right. of like crave. You're not lacking that, that and that's, much. I think everybody that's super, super driven, it's just a little bit too far off the cliff. Well, you're and, broken in a very specific way that propels you forward yeah, in that sort of like, like a, compulsive like, like being a high functioning alcoholic or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. <laughs> that's sort of like really like, attention like craving. Like my, my hangups are manageable enough that like I can kind of, you know, t- turn this, this, this into a, a, a celebrity a sort of industrial like day job kind of, but yeah. not so far that you can be like actual superstar. You know, yeah. what I, mean? I don't, I don't crave right, that, right, right. that sort of. You're not um, an intention black yeah, hole in that so, same way. So fucking. Wait, weird. so how did you find music? Well, I mean, like, like music a lot of people you. my age. Yeah. You know, when I was not even a teenager, when I was like nine, ten. That was, you know, the sort of pinnacle of MTV, where you had the sort of like Metallica, Guns N' Roses mm. era morphing into the grunge era. But then at the same time, you have, you know, like the Yo MTV raps and even like the the sort of like crossovery, like Cypress Hill kind of sure, shit sure. was it was cool. It was big, but it was also cool. And it was the 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 Lollapalooza moment, and I was very much too young to go to any of that stuff. But you could go to it vicariously via, you know, your friend Tabitha Soren and the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. your pal, team. yeah, totally. And uh, you know, the the different vectors of of pop culture that I find myself being drawn towards. As a kid, the, there wasn't a separation. You know what I mean? It was like it wasn't like, oh, I'm 
only into this or I'm only into that. Right. They all kind of fueled them. They, they, all, they all kind of fueled one another. And but what was that galvanizing moment where you're like, this is a, you know, this is a noun I can personally verb. Oh, uh, well, I mean, the the sort of tools of the trade, if you're into bands, are easy to come by. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like by sixth or seventh grade, I would have like little, you know, garage bands. Project. And, what was and what instrument would this be? I play guitar. Oh, I, play oh, guitar. I see. Yeah. I know this fully. I've, I've watched videotapes and I've watched videotapes. Wow. Videos. And I've watched you actually do it. Well, I got to I got to dig up the deep cuts cuz I feel like you know that's going to be the the new thing the video TBTs. I got <laughs> I got all these I got all these old VHSs that that I'm going to digitize. Um but like I have the uh Terence C Riley 7th grade guitar ensemble wow. performing Stone Double Pilots Interstate Love Song. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. And so like I have a pretty high pitched voice now but in 7th grade it was very high pitched <laughs> but no I'm I'm wilding it out. Nice. Um, oh man, yeah, so, wilding. So, yeah. So with with um you know with band stuff it was always like like yeah, cool, let's do this. There wasn't this sense of like, you know, you can't do it. And especially, you know, again, like with the whole alternative nation or what have you, <laughs> all of those guys, when they did the interviews, they were just sort of like, yeah, I was just some loser kid from Washington State. And right. now we're the biggest thing in the and world. And these people it, are genuinely my friends. It wasn't like this total prefab thing. It was just like, yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't start getting into sort of DJ dancey stuff until I was older. Like I didn't I didn't get my first turntables until the summer that I graduated college. Okay. But I, I had been listening to all different kinds of music my whole life but I wasn't like um it, it wasn't like I snuck into a club at 14 <laughs> and my mind was blown <laughs> I went to a caffeine rave um question so you co-founded Fool's Girl with a track aka Alan Maklovich um how did you guys meet and at what point were you like let's build fam slash literally uh well the the crazy thing is is that it there was no there was no like master plan for it. Like a lot of there was people, no like napkin in the diner. Yeah, a lot like, of people are always like, you know, what, what advice do you have to someone starting a label? And I'm always like, my advice is don't. <laughs> you know, like it's 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 so difficult. And the reality is, is you have to be naive, almost to the point of being stupid, to when want you actually do it to do this. But I, I'm not saying that in a negative way. I, I think that anything worth doing requires a degree of like self-delusion slash self-deception in order to get it off the ground because otherwise you would be so hung up on the sort of like this is why it could fail this right, is paralysis by analysis you, you know? type shit yeah and, totally and so for us we were just friends and we became friends super quickly um how like what was the context because so, like if you go out or you see people or you like have acquaintances it, it's so much more work to decide Yes, to especially as you get older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? but. Um, but yeah, so so we became friends. We we met um, because we both got booked to DJ a party that Roxy Cottontail sure. was was throwing, and we just liked we liked the cut of each other's jib. No, you must. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, totally. Uh, and and I think because both of us like we're we're probably like you know equal combinations sort of like swaggy and nerdy you know right, what I mean right. like obviously you know there's 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 sort of like a celebrity factor to what to what uh, you know Elaine does especially now but you know sort of the the the, the speed mm. that we operate on is very similar yes you're you're both very like peripatetic and quick and at that time we both you know had day jobs like we were DJing and he was kind of, you know, transitioning out of like being known solely as Scratch. Right, guy. The, the 
pro, pro, like prodigy from childhood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. But uh, because, you know, scratching was considered so uncool, like, you know, all t- forms of like underground hip hop in the early 2000s. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like people, people had been so bombarded with it that then they were over it. Um, but that's another podcast. <laughs> uh, so so he, he was sort of doing that on his own. But his main gig was being Kanye's DJ and just right. touring wherever he needed to be for that, which, you know, w- could be arenas or it could be like some weird, you know, Today Show kind of stuff. It was like you, you can't call it. You just go where the, mm. the job is. And for me, uh, my day job was I was an uh, editor at Fader sure. magazine. And I had started there you know, really sort of, sort of randomly, uh, because they didn't have a website and they were like, oh yeah, web- websites are, 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 are cool. <laughs> oh, this, this kid has a cool website. Like, let's bring him in. And so, what year is this? 2005. So you were at the Fader for like two years and then two and a half, two yeah. and a half. And then you started Fool's Gold Yeah, in 2007. Yeah. And it was, and it was a quick, it was a quick stint there too, because it was like, hey, come in and 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 start the website for us, and then do the website, and then it's like, oh, you can actually write stuff. That, that's great. Here, now you're editor. And no, because you it, had like block party cover stories. You were like, you know, writing like the the hyphy feature. Like, yeah, there and were, it, like, it's funny because I was, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I do has been, you know, as a. I don't want to say as an outsider because that has like these sort of like unibombery connotations. You know what I mean? Like I, I wouldn't be a member of any club that would have me. But as as you know, there's this sort of like writer sure. world. Yeah. You know, and especially we're going to talk about that. Especially PS. in terms of music, and especially in terms of New York, and especially in terms of that particular time, like it's super super corny. And, yeah. And I, so I, a, I wasn't really a part of that, and b, like whenever I kind of like would hang out, sort of like with that sort of world, it was just so inside baseball-y and everybody just wanted to talk about what everybody else was doing, well, that's as a- opposed to talking about like ideas or life or you know. Well, right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you have a very interesting trajectory in the sense that you were, you know, you were in music journalism, and like artists hate music journalists. Artists hate you know, critics, because a lot of the time it's like this very sort of vaunted little like ivory tower from which the decree that you, your album only gets one jalapeno out of a possible five. Like, did you coming from the editor's side, does that completely change your POV as a person who puts out music? Um, not necessarily. I mean, you know, on a, just a sort of existential yeah, level, yeah, let's go. Like, like none <laughs> of this stuff matters. You know oh, what I mean? Like totally. to the to the point that if you wanted to get crazy about it, you could just actually say nothing matters. Right. But if you if you sort of know that sort of as a as a baseline, right, right, right. it's I that's what I tell myself. Like I don't really get hung up on 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 much mm. if if I can help it. But you know, coming from that experience, you realize that it's just it's just people. You know what I mean? Like it's just like the guy pulling the levers, and it's not a masthead of a magazine. It's just you know One, the people yeah. in like the weird office kind of spending all of their time together. And I was very fortunate in that I worked for you know an awesome magazine with other sort of like genuinely kind of interesting weirdos. Who was the editor in chief at the time? Was it uh, Alex? It, when I first started working there, it was Knox. Oh, okay, okay. Um, who I just saw. When I went to the movies in the commercial for the um, meditation app. I have not seen this. Yeah. Why isn't this being discussed? (laughs) I feel like this is like prime. Like We were just waiting for Doctor Strange to start. It was like, oh, shit, that's my friend. That's amazing. Uh, So, so yeah. And also, I was was a baby. You know what I mean? Like, I was like 20... 
23, 24. Jesus. You know, and so it was like, oh, yeah, look, cool, we're doing stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, we have a drinks column? Oh, shit, it's on. <laughs> you know, like, let's review this shit. <laughs> but, yeah, so to, to go back to, 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 to the original um, story, like, that, that was a, it was a cool environment, and it was, it was very interesting, but at the same time, you know, it demystified Sure. A lot of it. And, you know, you realize that it's just people. And when I started to put out music on my own, it, it's weird because a lot of the stuff that that I've done, it's almost like it, it's it's it hasn't been praised. It hasn't been slammed. It just kind of like exists. And mm. I feel like it finds the audience that it's meant to find. And so like like when I put out a, a, a like a full length album um, We're gonna talk a couple about years that. ago. Like, I was, I was like, yeah, so this would be cool. Like, I'll get, like, a Pitchfork review. Like, da, da, da. that did not happen. And weirdly, like, that's, like, the one sort of, um, you know, remaining enterprise where you actually, like, care if it gets a review or not. Well, that's you know what I was I mean? going to ask you and about so it's almost like it's almost, it's almost like, damn, like, like, is this not, is this not, like, actual music? Like, what the fuck? But you will literally drive yourself crazy if you get, you know, too deep into any of those sort of Particular, you know, like, like brain holes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you, know, you just kind of have to... W- w- my attitude towards anything I make, or even my attitude towards 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 Fool's Gold or, or DJing in general, is just enjoying the process in the moment. Wow. And and it's easier said than done. No, I was going to say, wow was like very sincere. times, but like... That's the only that's the only thing you can control. You have no control over anything else. So why be pissed about something you can't control? I feel like this is the zen of someone who's had a business for like 10 years now. <laughs> like so going back to 2007 cuz it's such a specific time like, you know, I feel like this is when Fergie was very relevant. Rihanna Sweatshirts had things on them. Yeah, sweatshirts very much did have things on them. The Re- brims were very flat. <laughs> they also had things on them. <laughs> Rihanna's umbrella is the time. Like, yes. The Sweet Escape is the time. Like, what did you feel like was going to be your c- contribution to the musical landscape? Um, like, why did Fool's Gold need to exist at the time? Well, the thing, the way that you that you set the stage yeah. is very accurate because, you know, the the, the Rihanna Akon industrial complex, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was very monolithic. You know, and it was very sort of top down and it was very, you know, Bluetooth earpiece in the club. You know what I mean? Totally. Grown and and sexy striped shirts. You had, you know, a a real, um, you had a real like stratification. You had a real separation between, you know, the makers. And and it was just this idea that like, we do this stuff and the rest of you are customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were coming from like an actual scene. You know, it started out like even if you think about like, you know, the the sort of, you know, club DJ world in, in North America right now, a lot of it started with just like people in their little college towns, like throwing parties. And, you know, you could go and play one of them once a month and just sort of do like a little circuit. circuit mm-hmm. I always used to joke that like when they would have the American apparel ads in the back of Vice with the store list, like just find the club closest to the <laughs> store and like let's route, <laughs> let's let's route this shit. Um, but it was true. And, and so that sort of scene of DJs and parties 
evolved into original music. Right. But to be fair, it evolved into like mashups and sort of like yeah, weird definitely, edits and, and stuff like that yeah. first. But that was like the Lucy skeleton, you know, and mm-hmm. then and then like sort of actual artists and, and, and tracks sort of, you know, started to come up. And there wasn't a home for any of that. Not in you America. I mean? Right. Totally. Yeah. Not in America, because in Europe, it was a little bit more evolved. Like they there there's a culture around dance music that had congealed into an industry mm. decades earlier. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, you know, we would see stuff that was kind of like the second or third generation after that, like, uh, you know, Ed Banger or whatever, right, which right. is, you know, post Daft Punk and, and, yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that. And so I was like, damn, how come there's not like a North American Ed Banger? Because they they were sort of like a different sort of Frenchier version. Yeah, but where would our Uffy be? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what, that's what Kid Sister was. Kid Sister Absolutely. was, you know, the the, the sort of artist that you know begat this label because A-Track and 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 uh, Kid Sister were working on music and they would play it for labels even like the cooler indie labels at the time and no one understood it but we understood it instinctively because we were like oh yeah this is this kind of song that you play into this kind of song then then you play in the other song after it and so they had music our other friends had music and it was like let's just be a home for this mm. And that was it. That was there. There wasn't really much around the rest of that. And the the sort of the branding and the uh, you know other little bits and pieces. That was all very instinctive because that was the kind of stuff we were doing on our own. It's funny though because you know you say it almost as if like North America was, was late. Like there was an Ed Banger, but there wasn't a, fool, a fool's gold yet. But in two thousand seven, if you look at Pronails, I mean that music video is incredible. And I mean I would I know that because I basically based an entire magazine aesthetic. <laughs> on that video because that was like circa mis- early misbehave and all that stuff. Fully, fully, yeah. And I just remember thinking how that's so Instagram that predates Instagram's existence by three years. It predates like the whole nail art movement. And that also, you know, you had Kanye West in that video, which is batshit. Like I understand that Elaine was his tour DJ, but I mean, how do you get him to show up for the video? Well, so much of... So so much of of this world is like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like when when you know positive and negative you know charges pass on to one another. Like you need to have something that people want. Mm. You know, if you're if you're rich and famous and you know doing your thing, you're probably bored of it in some way. Oh, totally. You know and. You're thinking about what is what is going to excite me, and that's stuff that's new and underground, and you can't access it because it's only accessible to a certain you know field of people in the know. So with Kanye, he gets the benefit of sort of being a part of this thing that was very new and cool, very and, cool and on the rise. Yeah, and you know we benefit from sort of like you know the 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 cosine you know and it it was it was it was very organic like it wasn't like we had meetings and like <laughs> it was just sort of like we didn't even know that he jumped on the song like he just had it and liked it and sent it back and a track forwards it to me he's like dude you're not going to believe this that's amazing and also it was a moment like that was you know just to paint a picture cuz 10 years ago Kanye feels like a long time ago but this is still after like college dropout late registration this is after oh, yeah, the it's rolling so crazy this is after the rolling stones well, jesus even, cover even just to even just to to kind of add another layer onto that so the director of pronails uh, is Ruben Fleischer he does features yes yeah so so how did what like i knew Ruben 
via uh, Fader stuff because um, they had done a a story on his early videos for like MIA and Dizzy Rascal and stuff like that. And um, he he remained friendly with with the staff there. So that's how I I had his contacts. And Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, you know, I know you haven't done music videos in a while, but uh, we have this thing coming up and da-da. And it was the, the right guy at the right time at the right place and he was into it and then it's the same it's the same kind of thing for him he was sort of getting ready to make the leap into doing Hollywood stuff and he was uh, producing like he he was the executive producer for Robin Big oh shit and, and, and so but he was like man this is just Everything a way for me to, to just kick a cool little quick idea around and you know not have to stress about like notes from the network and da, da, da. like like we were just like dude do your thing whatever you want to do we're down like we did we did it essentially at cost and who came up with the actual concept of like the, the fingers Ruben. and the tiny shoes he was like he's like yeah i saw these i saw these finger dancing videos and so he, he we're in this we're in this um nail salon in chicago and it's like, oh man, we 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 need some more stuff for this. So someone goes across the street. I, I go across the street to a Target and get High School Musical dolls for the shoes. We don't need the Zac like Efron. The figure. <laughs> we just need the little shoes that because they're finger sized. And so I'm there and I'm like painting them with a nail polish brush so that they could be red in the video. But that was all that was all Ruben's idea. That's incredible. Um, and and so for. For him to go from this music video to um, he did Zombieland, yeah, he did uh, Gangster Squad. I don't know what his most recent, the one where 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 Aziz has the bomb strapped to him. Um, <laughs> but but this, so it's like you think about ten years as a as a unit of measurement. Yeah, it's sort a, of like someone going from music videos to like Hollywood, dude, is so crazy. Well, speaking of that, when you're out the gate doing moves like this at the time where you're like this is it we've made it and this is like no and and i think that that's the that's the the blessing and the curse in that like you know we're not like nonplussed in an asshole sort of way mm. you know like it's just sort of like oh yeah well we we did this because you can do whatever you want and so to make this sort of magical video happen for five grand is sort of like oh yeah well this is you can always make a video for five grand you can't well, right, but you know how, like, even when you're little, I know this is 10 years ago, and you know that stars are aligning, it's, like, almost like hitting a baseball in exactly the right spot or something. Like, when you were making that video, did things feel correct, or did you not know that that's what correctness felt um, like? Yeah, it definitely, it felt like we were doing what we were supposed to be doing. Mm. You know, I, th- I think that we, you know, we looked at, we looked at the game. <laughs> we, we looked at the, we looked at the, the, the state of, of, of labels and what was happening. It was like, man, you know, there's there's cool stuff going on, but like, why did this guy have a shitty font on his cover, or like, why does this person have a terrible video, or like, why was this song never released as a single? And our attitude was, well, what if we just put good ideas into this stuff instead of like ideas that are actively like bad to mediocre, or even just like whack Done and like before, yeah. hedging your bets, right, right, right. You know? And that was always the attitude. It was just sort of like, what can good ideas do? But does that make your role really complicated? Because yes, already, yeah, you're talking about so much and terrain. It's, and it's the, the I think the reality is is that it never ends. And yeah, because if you're, if I know your the way your head up display looks, and like already, if you're talking about fonts and like you know, ill informed B sides, you know, like whatever, that's a lot of it's dials. A, it's, it's hard, and I think that the hardest part is sort of knowing 
what what is the acceptable amount of like insect parts you allow in the soup can? <laughs> you know, like that's totally. what I thought was like, nice like, hair. Like, like not everything it needs to be like a fight. You know, mm. and luckily most things aren't. Okay, and so, sort of knowing like you know what I don't have to micro every stage of this and 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 a lot of that is is more of a of a personal like re- rejigging a journey that you've been yeah. on so in terms of like you know when i asked you what is fool's gold you said we are an active label that's like a very true thing i mean i 2007 that's when so many hashtag labels happen and also it's like when people started fashion brands by like screen printing a couple t-shirts like when you're creating a label and you're coming from like the music editor side where you have a little bit of knowledge of what that'll entail. What does that mean? Like, did you start an LLC? Is it an escort? Like, did you have paperwork with Elaine out the gate? Were there yeah, lawyers involved? I think one like, thing that was that was helpful was that A-Track and his brother, uh, you know, had an indie label in Canada for many years called Audio Research. Oh, I know. That's and, so them. And that was like... <laughs> that name? It, well, it was the time. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. If, if you have a sort of, you know, a guy who at the time is not, you know... Uh, funk, sure, you know, sure, heartthrob, right, 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 but is just a, a fashion like, legend, skinny, you know, NPC beat maker, you know, with Ill Bill's phone number, and then <laughs> you know his kid brother, like Scratch Project. Yes, you, their label is called Audio Research, yes. and and but it was and the a same. little background. His brother is uh, Dave from right. Chromia, yes. and, and and you know. The attitude wasn't that different. Like they were putting out music that they made and music that their Canadian friends. But were, I feel like don't in Canada out. don't you get like a massive grant to do that? Oh, in sort Canada of, you can get just money laced. For, for, like that's for why anything. I think. But the 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 nuts and bolts of business are not fucking secret scrolls. And I say <laughs> I say this I say this to everybody. Like the sort of the the things that go along with with sort of having a small business are except accessible to everybody like they literally write books on the subject so all of that kind of thing like it's the only part of this that can be that can be taught that can be learned that can be figured out everything else the sort of things that sort of make you interesting or good or like have a competitive advantage so much of that is like luck slash you know your own um you know taste or skill level or or ability like it's the it's the magic sauce the intangible but the, stuff. so the, like the business stuff it's in the same way that like money in the abstract is like the most boring element of everything like the the sort of nuts and bolts of business the, literally nothing special so if there were special things like people would find those special things and like loophole the shit out of them right right, right and make it really unspecial eventually yeah um in terms of like taste how important is it to have to agree in terms of taste you and a business partner it <laughs> It, it is it is very important. I think also for us too. It's not it's not a normal sort of working environment. I feel like in a in a normal kind of situation, there would be a lot more um, just sort of delegation, for better or worse. Like a lot of what we do is sort of like every everybody likes it or nobody likes it. Okay. And you know, again, luckily, stuff aligns. And because it kind of sucks, I, I would think that because there's two of you. An impasse, a detente would be like kind of that would be that. And you know the the reality is is that you know as much as music itself has changed over the last ten years, what we do 
you know, the attitude of it is is the same. We don't put out the same kind of music. Sure. You know what I mean? And 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 we we evolve too. As as we kind of like think about this sort of like ten year mark, you ask yourself questions. You're sort of like, oh well, are we are we good as much as we're consistent? You know what I mean? Like, are those two, mm, sure. like, sort of separate values? It's like, is it better to think about kind of, like, maintaining a level of quality? Or is it better to kind of think about, like, what could be risky? What could, you know, sh- sort of shoot for for um, for things that haven't been done before? So, you know, again, so much of what the label is boils down to the personalities of two individuals. So I'm not, like, stressing about mm. it. But at the same time, like, this this is not... What you're looking at here, this is not like my final Pokemon. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't ever want to be, you know, like Nick, the guy with the label. Right. You know, that right, wasn't right. what wasn't the intention going into it. You know, so the vast majority of my time at this moment is spent sort of dealing with that kind of thing. But I don't always want it to be that way. And so I know that at some point there's going to be a seismic you know, shift. I don't want to say a seismic shift because that that's An just that evolution. sounds bad. No, no, no. You know, but like look, you know we it's a it, it's a partnership. Like we both own it, yeah. you know? So like what did you guys want to do with it? Because, like, so many people start businesses simply to sell them or, like, well, to... Well, look, when I was talking about how, you know, when people ask me for advice and I just say, don't do it, yeah. it's true that you need to really be super naive about it in order to get it off the ground. Because there wasn't this master plan about it. It was literally, oh, our friends make music. Let's help our friends. Yeah, but it is your friends and it's kind of not. Like, there was a trajectory early on where you're thinking about, like, you know... You have this huge video with Kid Sister, and then you have Kid Cudi, and then you have Danny Brown. Like these, it's it feels you know very soothsayery. You were just right about a lot of people. Yeah, and you know, I think that the the stuff that didn't pop off, I feel like we were also right about too. You know what I mean? Like the the sort of oh, that's interesting. Say intrinsic yeah. merit of 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 music isn't necessarily like whether or not other people like it like that's that's what you need to do to have a successful business but you know i think that if you go into the the fool's gold stacks yeah like there's a lot of cool records that i'm looking forward to like getting rediscovered by nerds of the future but (laughs) um you know the 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 things that the things that connect with people um yeah are the are the ones that that make the impact i have a question when like duck sauce barbara streisand happens what does that feel like from the inside? Because from the outside, we were all like, oh, my God, it's on Glee or like, oh, my God, red states know this music. Yeah. And also, too, like that's not that long ago. That's like 2010. That feels so long you know? ago. But what's crazy is that now, 2017. As we both I, pause. I'm I like, don't hmm. I don't think the the sort of being being like. A, a checkout counter of the supermarket kind of kind of song. I feel like things can other things can become that more quickly. Mm. You know, in the same way, in the, the same way that like, that, that like charts, you know, will will put a a, a viral song mm. in the top ten. You know what I mean? Like with the with the whole Migos bad, you know, bad and shit. shit yeah. And it's and it's sort of like damn. Like this song, everybody's writing articles. The first song that blew up on memes, and it's like, well, <laughs> technically anything that blows up is a meme, but you know, like, let's not split hairs about it. No, but that was a moment where I was just like, this can conceivably change the direction of your business, only because 
when it was happening, like, I think literally everyone we know is in that video. Like, I think I am in that video briefly in the one minute mark. Like, that was like, <laughs> that was just like, oh, my God, this is a fun day because it was the first day, day off, right? Yeah. And then it just turned into this juggernaut. And I remember thinking, like, is this going to be huge to the point that this is all that they will be remembered for? Well, luckily that that isn't the case. Like, no, like, yeah, like, totally. Like, like we stuck around. I, again, I think that you know, not getting too gassed on the success or not getting too bummed about like the struggles because all of this stuff, you know, for for all of like the kind of outward facing, like, oh yeah, well, these guys still exist. Clearly, stuff is going well. Yeah. It takes so much endless, endless, endless time and effort in order to just like keep that that moving. Um, so Cause, yeah, because these are like you know. Incidents, but we're talking about ten years of every days. Yeah. So I mean, but but that's like you know, sort of coming to terms with aging. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to be like, yeah, you know what? There will be good days and there will be bad days, but the important thing is there will be days. It's true. It's true. It's true. Let's and, go. Yeah. Um, let's go a little bit as far as like your bio. Where did you grow up? Uh, I was born and raised in Elizabeth, New Jersey. That's cool. I was born on Super Bowl Sunday. Shut up. That's weird. Um, the Giants. Were the Giants playing? I don't know. My dad likes the Giants. But I know that he um, he got a Superman toy and, and brought it to the um, to the delivery room because it was Super Bowl Sunday. And then later on, um, many years later, as I was going through like baby stuff, I realized that it was a dog toy. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a squeaky dog Superman. Amazing. Are you a DC person or a Marvel person or like a... Indie imprint person. Man, okay, so I feel like that's a very loaded question. I think because you have to, you you can't be everything. You really can't. You I'm know? asking you to and, pick a team. And I feel like as much as I as I grew up super super Marvel, like that that moment before Image happened sure. when it was yeah, just sort well, of like everyone went on yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like the, the 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 bubble. I was very very much Marvel. But as, as as I've as I've grown into a man, I realized <laughs> that like yeah, I'm I'm super super DC. Why? Yeah, Batman. Mostly mostly Batman. Even, of course, right? Because <laughs> even yes, even sure. though even though you know at this stage like like the Simpsons like there's more whack Batman than good Batman. True, true. But um, you know yeah, I, I think that there's there's something about about the DC stuff that the um, darkness. And it's so funny to me that Jim Lee is there now. Because what? I associate his style <laughs> so, so much, much yeah. with Especially, um, like, your, like, yeah, in terms of, like, when you would have been reading it. Um, and, and also, too, I've never been, I've never been, like, super bitten by, like, the indie comics but you mean graphic novels? Novels? Yeah. Novels? Like there's there's a handful of stuff like like shit that's that's actually really good and transcendent like and it's like, "Oh yeah, this is a great work of art." Like, "Okay, cool. That's great." But I feel like so much of that stuff and uh Fool's Gold the old store, we were right next to uh, Desert Island, mm. which is a great uh, indie comic store. And I would just be like flipping through stuff. I was like, "Why are these guys always jerking off?" Like, right, I feel right, like right, so right. much it just of that becomes, stuff is just yeah. sort of like, "Oh, my angst and jerking off." <laughs> well, also like even like the the ones for girls, same exact thing, yeah. like angst and jerking off, or like defecation. White tears, <laughs> issue four. <laughs> <laughs> totally, very random question. But you, so you got your turntables right after college, you said. Yes. Which is funny, because, <laughs> not not to cut you off, but it, it's so. When I think about that moment, it was uh, uh, the the week right as we were graduating. Okay, wh- wh- what did you major in? 
communications obviously just well because it <laughs> no, was sure, like it, sure. it, it was just like kind of like a catch-all thing it was almost like not having to pick yeah it's like and, typo negative and, too. I've, and i've talked to you about this specifically but i was like man you know if i could do it over again i would have loved to like go to film school because at least at the end of that like you end up with a movie but, <laughs> but then i'm like man if i went to film school like would i would i just hate movies now like maybe would, would i be like just just grinded out by the whole process of it but i went and and i got this communications degree and the last week before we're all uh, graduating in the in the NYU dorms, I would make like mix CDs, like just burnt CD like playlist stuff yeah. for everybody to, to to just listen to as we hung around and you know drank like you know fucking one fifty one or whatever. Totally. And and it was just it was just an enjoyable process. Everybody was like, oh yeah, these are really good. And you know being able to kind of like pull back like a sort of surprise like ah y'all forgot about this one and you know <laughs> things like that. Like the, I I was very I was Proto very into DJ it. Vibes, so so, yeah. so you had that happen. And then that summer, I it was the first time that I was really like going out to parties where there were DJs, and it was. Uh, Do you remember the DJs that you would go to see? At the well, time? it was right as um, Mark Ronson had just put out his first album, like his artist album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know he had been doing like kind of promo stuff around that, and also the first Holotronics. Oh uh, yes. Mix CD came out, and I had been shopping at Turntable Lab just as like a music and you know crink pen kind of store <laughs> you know what I mean like oh look at look at this book with doodles in it and, and between like turntable lab and like fat beats I wonder like how many people didn't know each other before they knew each other oh I love I love thinking about that yeah yeah, I just, yeah. Just there ships, must be so ships many in the night. yeah um, but yeah so 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 you know through going there I, f- I found the holotronics tape and I started going to those parties and it was like oh this is great like they're they're pulling together all of these different threads and having it make sense and you know all throughout, you know, being in, in high school and college, I would sort of like half-heartedly have like little bands and stuff like that and, you know, write like riffs and songs. And it never became enough of a going concern where it was sort of like, I'm going to put all of my energy into this band. Right. It was always like, oh, here's a thing I like. And there were, I, there would always be something that was kind of like off-putting about it. So like, oh, yeah, the guy who's our drummer, like, yeah, he kind of sucks. And right, right, right. Oh, cool. Well, let's get everybody's schedules together for practice. Oh, we can't do it Thursday. Oh, so I guess we won't practice for the next two months. <laughs> uh, and with DJing. So you like the autonomy of it. Yes. It yeah. was like, oh, fuck. It's just one person doing this stuff. And it's, it's, it's selective autonomy because it doesn't work unless you have an audience. <laughs> and there's also a, like a culture and a community around it. Sure, of course. And, but but you, you select your level of engagement. You Absolutely. know what I mean? If you're like, oh, you know what? I'm practicing. I'm getting it together. Like, this is just going to be a bedroom pursuit for a while. Then you're like, nah, I'm nice now. I'm, I'm going to go out there. And <laughs> um, yeah, I've definitely been to parties when there are very talented, nice DJs who are so indifferent to the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> and I moments. never understood that. Like, the crowd is the best part. Right. The crowd is the best part. and it's Well, the, you're a generous DJ, though, because I've definitely seen you, like, cater to a room. like, And it's delicate. It's delicate to sort of walk the line between catering and pandering. That's true. You know? and That's I think true. That, and, I, 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 and it's the kind of thing where it's like, I know that I'm probably guilty of, like, you know, going a little bit too far into the, the dark side. And, you know, as, as far as personal goals for 2017, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely want to want to be able to do more just uncut me mm. wherever possible. So you have exceptional taste. You've been putting out music for a really long time. But, you know, to talk about your first LP that came out in 2015, Smoke Machine, why did it take so long? 
And you and I talked about it for years before yeah. it came out. Well, I think that I've never had a mentor. You know what I mean? I've mm. never had somebody being like, I'm going to show you the ropes. I'm going to give you advice. I'm going to da-da-da. So no one was ever really like, yo, you should put out music. Even as someone owning a label, it, it, the light bulb never went on like, hey, you know what? The world is changing, and you can't just be a DJ. You have to be a a producer DJ. But clearly, you would you wanted to be a producer DJ artist for a while. Yeah, I've always liked making music, but at the same time, you know, it's like that Ira Glass quote sure, that, that sure. gets Facebook to death, where it's just sort of like you know it's not good enough, but that's just because you have good taste, and eventually, blah, blah, blah. yeah, your taste and your and output you, don't jive. Exactly, yet. Yeah, and totally. so so. For me, it's always been like, you know what? I don't want to put out anything that I'm not like fully psyched about. Mm. And then once I had stuff that I did, that I was fully psyched about, it's sort of like, hey, you know what? This stuff doesn't, it doesn't feel like copying anybody. It doesn't feel like it's chasing any particular trend at the moment. Like for, for better or worse, like it, it just sort of, <laughs> it's, 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 it's its own weird, you know, broadcast out into the, to the universe. So what, it, it felt ready and it was like, cool, let's do it. And now it's just sort of like, oh, well. The reality is, is that having any sort of artistic career isn't about these statements. It's about the broadcast in total. Mm, Yeah, the output. So this album that you slave over is weighed equally against like a random little mix or a random bootleg or a cool press photo or like a funny video. Like it. it, Yeah, the unit of output. Yep, totally. They're all the same, you know, sprocket. And you just have to make sure that there's enough of them without interruption that it that it that it keeps going. And every time that broadcast breaks, people have to tune back in again and you're starting from scratch. Actually, that is a really, really good piece of advice. Like don't fetishize output and also don't overestimate the people eating your little like um unit of output because it's true. It's like a good photo or like an album can be weighed equally. It's so fucking strange. Yeah. So it's not going to take as long to come out with your next one, I no, imagine. No, <laughs> I've, I've been working on it, you know, all, all of last year, and, and you know, now it's just sort of like figuring out what 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 the what the final shape is going to well, be. Because the, 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 the smoke screen stuff was very much like, you know, beats plus rappers. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of features. And I think that the reality is, is that the kind of music that I make – it's not like, you know, a Migos song with guys who aren't the Migos. You know what right, I mean? Right, like right. it's its own weird thing. <laughs> so it's sort of like weird plus weird equals nobody cares. And now it's sort of like I don't want to I don't want to repeat myself. I don't want to do like a, a, a Mark II version where it's just sort of like the bass is bassier, guys. <laughs> it, it's more like how, how do you say something new? Especially now. That's when what it's I mean. Like, like the it's universe weird is time. just so weird. Yeah. And and you don't want to get so hung up in that like um, I I feel like it's very uh, it's 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 very privileged to wallow in the like oh yeah 2016 so weak right like <laughs> it's really hard to art I, in 2016 I, I, the world the world has changed do we even know what reality is anymore <laughs> you know and 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 uh, as as sort of distasteful as that whole line of um of tweeting is. The reality is, is that, you know, it is kind of a, a, a bit of a bummer zone. Bummer to just, like, ambivalent. 
Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't know what kind of emoji is. It's like one eyebrows <laughs> angry, the Definitely, other eyebrows kind of like perplexed. But gnashed teeth for sure. Yeah, it's it's something. And so you think about just music in general and, and it's like, man, I don't want to just do like, yeah, here's a club banger. Right, 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 right. But right. at the same time, making money and, and living and paying your rent is is predicated on, on you know, getting gigs and doing stuff like that. But do you like have that. expectations that you you will put out an album and you will like, pay your rent i try not to have expectations in terms of the in terms of the way something is received right it goes back to the only literally the only thing i can control is whether or not i liked it yeah and you know i know that for me i just want to i just want to like it because even stuff that i've put out in the past i'm like still this is cool like i enjoy i enjoyed it like i liked it but you know most music, mine, other people's, even stuff that's like widely praised, it's still non-essential. You know what I mean? No, I have the same. Like, I'm a writer. Like, like it, get, we're both in the same you get, business. You get Apple Music, like you're just gonna listen to this, you know, same Four Smiths albums. You know what I mean? Like, you can have the music of the world at your fingertips. It's like, yeah, man, you know what's really good? That, that one Capone Noriega album. Like, I don't need anything else. Like, just just give me that. Like, it's cool. Yeah, New York gets bloody money. Your face lace like ashtray face. Like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need anything else. Right, right, right. They're like totally revealing like, your age. So, yeah. so that's the that's that's the reality of it. So. If you, if you, again, like just existentially, you know that like most shit doesn't matter. You're not a special. But then how do you fucking... get, how do you get excited about making your unit? Especially cause it's so because, spiritually because expensive. You, because you know that you can surprise yourself. That to me, that's the one, that, that moment of like, oh shit, like this didn't exist before I, I, I nudge these pieces around. You know what I mean? Yeah. It goes back to like, just that kid, like, you know, Play-Doh kind of stuff. And especially for, for me pr- producing DJing, I was I was a quick study, you know what I mean. And mu- music making to the level that I wanted to, there was more of a learning curve. And so now I feel like I'm at a place where like I can produce more quickly. Mm. And it's and it's, how it's long like did it used to take before? Uh, like, who knows? I, so much of it is being done like after hours. Sure. You know, it's like oh shit. Well, after this really long and mentally, emotionally, spiritually exhausting day at the, the, you the know, office, the label salt mines. Like, let me sit down and be creative. Cracks. Well, knuckles. actually, I was like, gonna say like, how were you at all able to just have that sort of wounded, egotistical artist mindset where you're just like frail and kind of like feral? Or were you just like businessman, but also can make music? No, I've never, I've never, I've never sat down and made music from a sort of like left brain way. I've never been like, okay, cool. Well, let's, let's, this needs to have this, this, this. Let's like, well, that's amazing because I feel like that's an ability that you can turn that off. Because I could see you very easily being plagued by it as a label owner. I would love to be able to just sit and make things that are, like, commercially relevant. <laughs> like, you're like, all right, cool. Well, yeah. I know I know that this this is the, the, the kind of thing that if I play it, it goes like, you know, people jump up and down. Like, let me make a jump up and down song. Never, never works that way. But I am really, really still in love with the weird mistake. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. With like you're trying to do something, but you get something else out that you wouldn't have even tried to do. Like that's that's the the magic. So that sort know? of pleasure and joy has to be very like rooted in your own intellectual curiosity. Yeah, yeah. How do you get that? <laughs> like, how do I get there, or how do I get no, that ability? No, like, is that I, just like an in, an innate like ingredient, or what? I or don't was know. that like a I've place just, you had to? I get just to? always have have been that way. Like I. I, there's so much stuff that already exists that I like. 
you know? And it's, it's like when you, when you're learning to draw and you're just sort of like, ah, oh, look, it, it, it almost looks like a real horse. <laughs> and, and then you're like, oh, look, look at all. I spent all this time trying to make a realistic horse. And you look at it and you're like, yeah, it's kind of good. It looks kind of like a horse. But the fucking scribbles, the scribbles were lit. Right, right, right. You know right. what I mean? And then so, so I think. You, but you, do you think you would be this sort of like elegantly just chill about it if if Smoke Machine had come out, like, in 2009. No, I mean, I wish I put out more music earlier. Do You do? Yeah, okay. for sure, for sure. Um, was it fear-based? No, not at all. It just, just never it just occurred wasn't to you? done. Okay. It just wasn't done. It wasn't like I was, I, it, I don't have, like, you know, five scrapped versions of it <laughs> in, in, in the cut. Like, it just literally wasn't done. And I've been, I wasn't even setting out to do it. I was making songs with other people. And, you know, we would make songs that was like, yeah. Well, I got like I got like six really cool album cuts. I guess I better make an album. Right, right, right. As we'll just put these together. I feel like because if I was just making like bangers and hits and whatever, I would just keep just doing that. So it's like it's very much an exploration that yeah. is. Yeah, and the, the stuff I gravitate towards is the is the sort of weirder surprise bits. How? What's your music discovery process like these days? Uh, it's just sifting, like pure sifting. Like where? Because you have you have to extra sift. Yeah. Like by the time it trickles to people like me, it's been so sifted through by like so many different people. Well, you know, you have the sort of like the the main sort of echo chamber mm-hmm. of like you know big artists and small artists trying to be big artists, and you know it's sort of like oh yeah, well th- this got a fader post, so I better check it out because that means it's at least like this, this level. level okay. Yeah. It's like totally. oh yeah, oh it's not complex now too. Oh yeah, they're popping. Shit, it's fine. <laughs> and so you, you you have there's maybe there's maybe like ten good sites. 10 less good sites and then that's it. You don't, you don't have to check anything else like that that even less than that. Let's just let's just say one on one hand you can count the sort of the things that that you need to check. And then everything else you it's not even a it's not even a, a blip digit. is a, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like weird super I love like just Russian you know like like torrent pages and and just weird stuff. So you're stuff. like very deep. Yeah, like um uh, there's there's this site called Rap Godfathers. Okay. And it's just like, you know, music bootlegging. But they'll post like every album. I don't need to download them. I But if I see something where I'm like, hey, I've never heard of this person. The, but the, somehow the, the color Zeitgeist is cool. Thing, yeah. yeah. And, and and I'll check it out. Or like all of the, the mixtape sites like Dat Piff and, and, yeah, yeah. and live mixtapes or whatever. You have like your main like you know two chains young Dolph, like whatever like like known people but then in the corner there'll be like it's the someone i never heard of i love encountering somebody i never heard of just because professionally like i hear of everybody more mm. or less so how is that still the case i i think part of it is that there's just so much of an echo chamber like in 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 the in the scene in in, right, the, right, right. in the just world the of, industry. of of music uh, you know, you just hear about stuff and it's what, what I worry about is, is, you know, what if I just don't want to hear about anybody? Any, anyway, that's what I mean. You, but people hate think that about, really. When you think about that sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to unplug my digital presence. People do this. I'm just saying. It. And, and I understand it. I, I, and people who are, like are in your position do it. I think that, you know, for me, the biggest thing is that I've, I've never had a taste for just sort of like 
the gossip side of anything or the sort of like the, um, you know, like baseball card trading of, right. of opinions, you know, like I, it's always truly been about like interesting music and interesting artists. Do you read rev- so, reviews and stuff? Yeah. I mean, just not all of them. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes with, with, with stuff like that, like, like Mitski, I would have never mm. been checking for her because I'm not really checking for like, you know, guitar yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you see, you see it get a good score and you're like, oh, yeah, this must be popping. Then you listen to it, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah this is cool. <laughs> but I wouldn't have encountered it outside of right. the review cycle. Most other things I would. Um, yeah, so you're just like, I feel like you're like a whale and all the music is like plankton and you yes, have to like cross yes, entire bodies got- <laughs> of like ocean. And there's a man on a raft <laughs> trapped inside of me. <laughs> we really got to the core. Wait, but do you, do you ever get like fatigue and like preemptive fatigue? And these are things that like happen to people who have to like go through all of this. Yeah, I think that the the biggest thing is just sort of being trying to keep some kind of outside balance. How do you do that? Uh, <laughs> a lot of practice. You know, I think that. Um, r- I've never thought that any of this stuff was particularly important. How? I just never thought it. <laughs> like, but not, not in an like, asshole way. No, 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 Like, no, just, no. It, it never, none of this stuff has ever been life or death for me. But how are you, how do you, and I'm not just, like, you know, just, you know, overarching or anything, but, like, how do you stay so, like, ungassable? I don't know. I, I, so maybe it, maybe that's not the right way to be. Maybe you need to get a little <laughs> bit gassed in order to like be supercharged up. Like you don't want to operate on a on a on a level of like indifference. You know no, I mean? you're I'm not, not indifferent, indifferent at all. Yeah. I, you know, I just I just try not to get super stressed about shit. If you know, there are definitely times that I do. I think that more if anything, it's a sense of. Uh, Sometimes you get the sense of being overwhelmed, like, like shit, there's so much to do. And if you want to do it all on the level that you're accustomed to, it is endless. And so the key for me is just sort of not viewing stuff as like, look at all of this endless shit to do and more like, okay, let me do some things now, you know, and figuring out how to, you know, make sure that I have time to do my label stuff, time to do my music stuff, time to do DJ stuff, time to just do human stuff. Yeah. You know, what I really want to do more than anything else is create things that have nothing to do with any of these existing like what? professional shells. Dude, I'm telling you, like if you were like, yo, I just sold this weird sitcom to Vice, quit everything, like like come like be in this writer's room. I was like, yes, down. Like those kind of things where, where somebody's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I sold this movie pitch. Like, help me write this movie. We have two weeks. It was like, cool. Tell everybody, like, I'm not reachable for the next two weeks. going to bang out this well, that's Gremlins nice. 4. <laughs> <laughs> Gremlins N. <laughs> Wait, like, that's the thing that's sort of, like, nice about you, though. You have, like, that kind of Swiss Army aspect to the types of work that you can do. I mean, you were a writer and an editor, and you draw and you – Graphic. Yeah, and you're it, a cre- you're a creative director. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's hard because it, because I think that a lot of people, you know, it can come off as sort of like jack of all trades, master of none. You know what I mean? Uh, but the, I and I say this not in in a in a boastful way, but like I I can do all of this stuff well. It's just more of like choosing like what and do time, I want to yeah. what do I want to focus on? Question: How do you feel emotionally about um, James Vanderbeek and Diplo's new show? 
I hope it's funny. I hope like, it's good too. I think, I, I'm so sold yeah, just by the log yeah. line of it. I, th- I well, I think I think I think Vanderbeek is perfect, especially if they keep it like the vibe of that teaser the, the, video, the, 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 yeah, where totally. it's just sort of like, "Hey, fam, working on beats for me? Cool. I'll be back <laughs> later." Like, and and that's amazing too because you know for 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 someone like Wes, uh, <laughs> you know, I like I met him in a basement. Sure. You know what I mean? And now he's like an actual celebrity millionaire. Like, not just a music celebrity, but a celebrity celebrity. Yeah, totally. And, and it's so insane. Like, when you think about, like, being on the periphery of things, like, being, being like, celeb adjacent. You know, he's, <laughs> he's such a hilarious story because when I first met him, you know, he was just sort of, like, funny space cadet guy. And he, he, he turned that sort of, you know, wanderlust you know, backpack dude yeah. into this, you know, Tom Ford suit, you know, sparkler bottle. <laughs> Eight pack man. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever watch the um, Steve Aoki, I'll Sleep When I'm Dead documentary? I haven't. It's shockingly good. Yeah, that's what everybody's been saying. Do you ever look at those lives, especially because in your tenure in dance music, you know, EDM happened. Do you ever look at those lives and those trajectories and think... I wish that was me, or does it, or is does that ever occur to you? I mean, yeah, I, I would love, love to, to be a millionaire. I would, I would love to to be paid more for the things I enjoy doing, but you know, I don't think any any of those guys that are super successful sat down and said like, "I'm going to follow this scheme to become super sure. successful." They just happened to be doing something that people wanted to pay them lots of money to see them do. Yeah, it it, it happened, and and they were able to capitalize on that. I've never really done anything. You know, sort of creatively that people have really wanted to. I have a question. Well, how much does money motivate your, like, decision making? (laughs) Preciously little. (laughs) Much much to the chagrin of all around me. (laughs) But you were, you were like, well, me too. And you are undeniably happy, though. Yeah, because, because again, like, <laughs> like, like the the money is the most boring aspect of it, and and all of the things. When I think about that kind of stuff, if I let it, if I let it get me down, you know, it really would be all ego. Yeah, you know, I and there's so many people on the most t- on like the lowest, like the the crab at the bottom of the bucket level. You know, like 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 people who are who are so fucking mad about what everybody else other than them is doing. Right. I'm not mad about what a blessed soul is doing. You know what I mean? Like I, I need to worry about like myself and making sure that I'm happy. I would I'm more concerned about like being like a nicer person. You know what I mean? Like I'm pretty nice but I'm trying to work on the stuff that like maybe is like degrading and, and like hurtful to the others around me who I care about. You so know if you I talk mean? about like, you know, 10 years and consistency and all this stuff, you are in the game to make your units of product. Like you just want to keep creating. Yeah. And, and, and making sure that it's interesting. Right. You know what I mean? Like when you look back at all of our stuff, you can't really say that any of it was boring. No, it's true. You guys definitely do surprise me sometimes. And you I'm know? like, whoa. And, and I think that that's the biggest thing too, is like even, even in like cool guy world, you know, there's, there's probably a lot more division than there is on, on, you know, the sort of more pop levels. You know what I mean? Like I think about like dance music and shit like that. It, it, it was awesome this year to see our friend Jess Jubilee she totally. you know, get well-deserved praise, you know, for her record. But it's funny be- because she's been 
doing awesome this whole yes, time. Totally, it's totally. Just no, that, you're right. That's that actually now, a great perspective. You know, like the the sort of you know resident advisory world. You know, says like, oh, we should we shall write about you. <laughs> we shall invite you to Berlin. <laughs> like like here's here's your magic little ticket. <laughs> you know, you're like like a like a like a Stein clank in the background. But but you know, there's so many more. Um, kind of like 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 just social quirks about being a part of that kind of scene, where it's sort of like, ah, oh, you know, y- yes, you're you're very techno, but this this is not so techno. Just, <laughs> this other this, thing. This, 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 this displeases us. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. There's, there's this this like turtleneck lifestyle shit, you know, to to music that is so unappealing. Whatever. It's like, I, I have nothing to do with people who have nothing to do with me. You know, like it's not, I can't, I can't trip on that stuff. What I like to do is sort of think about the things that I truly enjoy and figure out how can I do more of that? How do you You stay not frustrated though? Like how do you recalibrate to make sure that you are being this undiluted, unalloyed, purist, Nick Ketchdini version of yourself? Sometimes I literally tell myself like, just chill. Like just like if, like if I feel myself like starting to get like worked up about something, you say like it's, it's unimportant. Like let's just focus. There's so much shit that I want to do that I haven't done. Like just you name know, inter- three. Like I know the writing stuff is important. Yeah. Too. Well, I I I, I want to write a, a TV show. Mm-hmm. I have all I've I have ideas for like you know pilots, and I've been studying sort of like how to like how you structure your script and just all the like dumb learnable stuff. Finish that. I, you know, same thing goes for movies. I would love to do like a, just a dumb like Urban Outfitters kind of coffee table book about something. How have and, you not done one? As as, that's the, a, as I the writer want, I just wanna, of DJ Khaled's book, I just want to have. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. I feel like once you do one, then you can be like, "Yo, I got like five of these," and they're like, "All right, cool. These are the deadlines." No, you should. Yeah, you should. You need to do that. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Right on. What are you gonna do to make sure you finish these other projects? You need to be really ruthless with your time management. How do you do that? You have to deny yourself things that are pleasurable. Like what? Like, like, <laughs> like television and, and you know, sleeping. Like you really... Tr- if you it's, don't sleep that much though anyway. Yeah, but I, I think it's something where you're like, you know what? I'm tired. I don't want to do anything anymore. I want to, you know, watch three archers and fall asleep. So we're like, nope. Let me do, let me do like 45 just solid minutes of something. And that's 45 minutes of this one thing that I didn't, that right. I wouldn't have had just otherwise. Just chip away at it. Totally. Yeah. Especially if it's Archer, because I know you've seen those episodes. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely saying no to more things where it's sort of, where, you know, when people would be like, hey, can, can you do a mix for this site? Can you do that? It's like, no. Like, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From a time standpoint, I don't want to do that. In terms of like DJing, you still DJ a lot. Do you still like it? Oh, I love it. I love See, it. how do you stay like? I just enjoy it. This I mean, childlike wonder, never, like what the hell? That's it, dude, like that's literally what it is. I'm I'm turning 36 on the 25th. Okay. And and I really I'm trying to be more childlike in that department. Okay. You know, I because so many people don't DJ, don't DJ anymore at all. I enjoy it. I mean, luckily, I'm I'm in a position where I don't have to play music that I don't personally enjoy. Mm. You know, um, so so that I feel like that's like ninety percent of the of the problem. A lot of people genuinely don't like new music. 
you know, they, they don't enjoy, you know, knowing what the like most fire Lil Yachty song is. You know what I mean? Like they feel it's beneath them in some way. This is actually, this is actually really consistent to the people that I've had in my show that do stuff like this. They still like the new stuff. It isn't this like slog through like. And it's not just liking it where where it's sort of like, you know, like you're the fucking cool stepdad that gets a new (laughs) leather jacket. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, kids, you can eat all the candy you want. (laughs) Like I do genuinely like it. It's not like fake liking it or liking it because it's new and fashionable. I know a lot of people who just like being up on new things for the sake of being up on new things, not because they enjoy it. First, yeah. But I mean, and so in terms of like when you hear that stuff like that, you're just excited. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what I like, I find that especially in New York, I, I mostly get booked to do like just straight up hip hop things. Yeah. Which yeah, is, yeah. Which is fine. Like I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm reasonably good at it. Like it's, it's, it's <laughs> con- continue doing that. But for me, it's a priority to be able to do stuff that's more kind of dancey and housey. Um, and not like as an afterthought, like that's, that's why a, yeah. people went. One of the, the the most fun nights I've had in a long time was I DJed on Christmas Eve at House of Yes oh, with, okay. with Lauren Flax. And it was all all dance stuff for the, for the whole night. And I did two hour and a half sets back to back with her. And it was so fun and so refreshing and so like rejuvenating right, right, right. in a lot of ways. And I think that for me, I, I probably was playing like harder, like a little bit more sort of like, I don't want to say like festy, like it wasn't lasers. I was really trying to, I was like, man, if, if there's a laser in the song, it's really got to be only one laser. Like I can't have two lasers because it's going to be too hectic. Like, And so, <laughs> you know, the, but even in, in that world, there's so many good songs that I never really have a chance, chance to, to, play. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. play out. So in terms of like all your tastes, what is your next album going to like? What what's this? I have I have a, I have a I have a concept for it. Like I don't want to I don't want to like talk talk it up too much because I have no idea how long it's going to take me to do it. But it's definitely going to be you know primarily sort of um, kind of like electronic, dancey. You know, I would like there to be records that feel more like these are s- singles that can be successful in the marketplace. <laughs> but I want it to be more. I, I want there to be more like kind of like pretty vocals for lack mm. of a better term like the 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 last song on on the smoke machine record with the, the with mndr yeah like that to me the people that hit me up about the the record they were like oh, i really like this one i was like me too so i want to do more stuff like no, that. actually that's kind of amazing that's a really great um sort of segue because it does sonically sound like it could be the beginning of another album mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah so it's 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 definitely coming coming off that um and also i imagine it's like because you did have so you're not going to have as many features on this next one. Yeah. And I'm not really I'm not really like looking to have like someone come in and like rap on my shit. Like I would rather produce for artists, like let that be their record. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I did this this uh, this EP with Black Dave. And oh, that was, came like, out like to remixes for that. Came oh, out OK. Today. But that was cool because it was just sort of like it wasn't about me. It was like him produced by me. Right. I like that kind of stuff. I've never had like a true foil creatively 
for um, for any of my music. And I would really, I would love that. I would love to have like a muse in that respect, you know. And so and you need a muse and a mentor. This is rad. yeah. This is this is my this is my crack out. No, like, uh, but, after but, ten years, but yeah. I, but I think about that kind of stuff, and I think about like man, like it would be ill to to it would it would be super ill to have like a eurythmics kind of situation. Fuck yeah, dude. Where it's just like yo, you just stay up there like Annie Lennox the fuck out, and and I'll be Dave, and it'll it'll be cool. Like e- even on like the 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 low scale of that, like I would be like the other Ting Ting. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's not not about me. No one needs to know what the fuck I do, but we're both doing Letterman. You know what right, I mean? That'd be amazing because like the aesthetic would be on point. Yeah. The fonts would or be like, on or point. Like when you like, go, when you go, when uh, I'm using all of these like horribly good references, <laughs> but like uh, I remember when I went to see uh, Larue. Wow. At at, uh, at Studio B at like the height of her whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it was all about her, but then there's like. Just that since person. dude bopping yeah. in the background. And it's like, yo, you still write the shit. You still get the checks. You still are part of the whole thing. But it's not about you have to sell it with the sort of force of personality. Um, and so I feel like my whole, you know, the my I think because I am a, a pretty, like, you know, well-balanced person, you know, all things considered, having to sort of be like, I'm personal brand guy. Like my personal brand is my personal brand. I'm just me. Like I've always just stepped in the room as, as, as Nick, you know, actually I have a, I have a awful artist name. I have a, I have a really terrible DJ name. It's just something that I, I didn't know that it was going to be something I had to, you know, deal with for, you know, years later. I, I, I would toy with, do not potentially doing something different, and because I don't want to be like the artist formerly known as Catch Dubs, you know. But I'm thinking like, ca- could it be a Dubs, different project? Catch Dubs has like semantic satiation. We've Yo, said I, it so many times at this point at, that and it's at least at least it's Googleable. And you you SEO well, and it's incredibly euphonic. Catch okay. Dubs is a well, good I'm that, name. I'm glad that you find it. I'm glad that you find it appealing. Maybe I'm. I'm, I'm I would be it. appalled if okay. you changed your name, but. Yeah, but do you live your best life? <laughs> um, On that note, I have to show you the snacks that I brought. We both, yeah, we both brought snacks. Okay, so w- tell tell well, the, tell the listeners what you brought. <laughs> I brought strawberry Kit Kats from Japan and little pastries also from Japan, but the, it says asses on on the top so that's why i brought them and haichu and i brought it in a little bag for you to have with karen amazing so i brought i brought a a a vaguely healthy one and a not so healthy one this it's activated like literally the name of the brand is activated and it's it's sprouted trail mix and so it has spicy mango and something that is probably alive that's incredible i'm gonna so that's the that's the tasty one and then Cocktail Classics Jelly Belly oh, so in it's the booze. flavors of margarita, nice. bonini, Cosmo, Pina Colada, Daiquiri, and Mojito. Okay. I like this as a close. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much for coming by. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Bye. I'm in love with my life.